Howdy, I'm Paul Isaacoder, and this is Author's Dozen, a podcast where I explore barriers to storytelling by writing one novel every month for 12 months. Please enjoy. All right, no offense, but every writing forum has this same post from the same person who apparently goes around to every single writing forum on the internet and asks the same question, and it always gets a ton of attention. As if it's the first time it's ever been mentioned. Uh, guys, am I friggin' nuts? I can hear my characters talking sometimes, like, in my head. It's like, different people. Oh my gosh, me too. Oh. Are we, like, schizophrenic or something? <laughs> hey, have you guys ever read 1984? It's like real life. Alright, alright, I'm having a kid. I'm not any better than those people. This the whole project of mine is basically just me creating my own forum where I am king, and only my advice is popular. But there is something about that, you know? To create a story with depth, we've got to view it from many angles. God gave us two eyes to see depth, you see, but for insight, we've got to see through other eyes. That's where art comes in. And I've been dwelling on a particular work this week for the most excellent cinema drip podcast, on which I am a guest most special, and which I will link in the description, and which I very nearly demand you go and listen to and give them five stars on iTunes and whatnot. From without, the pristine meadowland seeping through the dry stone barricade emerges a writhing, unnatural force. Its path is bloodstained, its consumption, its destruction and desecration knows no bounds. It is disease, corruption, it is hatred itself. Thus begins Princess Mononoke, a Japanese animation, and gosh, I wish there were a catchier name for that, from writer-director, savant, Hayao Miyazaki. And what do we do with savants? We steal their ideas, that's what. As the man himself put it, for me, creativity is really like a relay race. As children were handed a baton, Rather than passing it to the next generation as is, first we need to digest it and make it our own. Now, the CIA has told me that I'm something of an anarcho-pinko-eco-monarchist, but being that, I spend a lot of time dreaming about how the world could be far better or far worse than it is now. Inevitably, then, the dreaming infects. Most of my work tends to center around the themes of power and its misappropriation. It's a fun and fruitful thing to do nowadays. There's absolutely nobody waiting around every corner to rake up our every action, to discredit our political stances. The tensions have definitely not come far above a simmer, and for sure will lead to healthy discourse. And especially, this is a really hard time to be an artist. You might be expecting me to decry cancel culture or something, which is a pretty ridiculous thing to decry. You want me to decry having opinions? Holding people accountable for their words and deeds? Well, if it's disingenuous and if you purposefully misunderstand somebody, but anyway. The thing I'd rather decry right now is hatred. Such is the conflict in Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke begins with a nature spirit in the form of a giant boar who, when shot with a bullet, is overcome by hatred. This hatred leads to the spirit's demonic possession and its attack on a prince's village, and the prince has to 
bash the fash a little bit and ends up with an arm infected by that same poisonous hatred. He's turned out of his village with this advice. See with eyes unclouded by hate. He heads to the forest for a cure. Then he finds a woman whose bullet caused all this. Lady Eboshi, the ruler of Irontown, and the leader of attacks on the forest in order to harvest, wait for it, iron at their town. Opposing her is San, a girl who is, well, is it San? I don't know. San, a girl who is abandoned by her parents and raised by wolves, a girl who hates humanity so much that she no longer considers herself human. As this conflict comes to a boil, we ask ourselves, which side our heroes will side with. And we're more than a little confused when the prince basically refuses to do anything but keep either side from hurting one another. See, he should obviously side with the charitable and humanist Lady Eboshi. Or he should obviously side with nature as it faces extinction. But he doesn't want either side to be extinct. One thing that makes a lot of modern media not worth a second glance is its insistence on making us hate its villains. As I write this, the news has just come back that Chadwick Boseman has sadly passed away. One of the things that made his appearance as Black Panther so memorable was that his antagonist, Killmonger, had motives sympathetic in the extreme, even more sympathetic in the beginning of the movie than Black Panther himself. We may recognize that Killmonger was wrong, but we don't hate him, not fully. In the film, we also realize that Black Panther is wrong and needs reforming. Because that's human. That's compelling. We see through both those characters' eyes, and therefore, we see more of the picture than we might have otherwise. What I'm getting at is this. Because you are human, you have opinions and prejudices. Because you are human, your eyes are sometimes clouded by hate. And is hate wrong in every circumstance? No, it's right to hate injustice, right to hate wrong. However, as a human and as an artist, you must never, never hate a character. I say this not because it is somehow immoral to hate a human being, though it is, in my view, but because writing becomes impossible when one can't view the world through the eyes of one's characters, or even through the eyes of the human beings around you. The impossibility arises when you take a character you inordinately hate and try to make them do stuff. Had you forgotten? It's you who moves your characters around. It's you who puts words into their mouths and guides their steps. They will never be real people if they are monsters. You will never act in ways that make sense if you make them into caricatures. They'll twirl their mustaches, they'll die horribly, and we'll all be bored out of our wits. However, the same goes for inordinate love. Inordinate love is just hate by another name. Anyone who gets in the way of your most beloved character will become hateful to you. The character who's loved above all others will become unrealistic. This is sometimes and somewhat problematically being called the Mary Sue problem. The problem of a character who is so unrealistically competent or perfect as to become absurd and unrelatable. I have never actually liked the politics of the original Star Wars series. There is literally no redeeming qualities from the Empire and First Order. They just want to be evil and have unlimited power. Children, and sometimes adults, really enjoy having an enemy that they can gun down and have it be a moral enterprise. However, 
When shown Princess Mononoke and its gray morality, children accepted it as an accurate portrait of reality, much more than even Miyazaki expected. When asked about good and evil in the film, Miyazaki commented on his characters, On their own, they're perfectly okay people, but in an organization, they become cruel. Isn't that true of you and me? Isn't that true of your political opponents? Don't they see themselves as accomplishing some broader good than mere self-enrichment? Don't they see their own moral compromises as necessary evils towards some good? Don't you recognize that they're playing the same game as you do? The game of self-righteousness in your own beliefs? And demonization of everyone who calls out your self-deception? In order to inordinately love ourselves, we end up hating others. So, how can we see human beings as they truly are? Complex, conflicted, and convinced that they're doing their best, given the circumstances? Or perhaps as resigned to evil, or perhaps as self-righteous from fear, or embracing the role of the demonized. What is the ideal future in this person's mind, and what are they willing to do to get there? If you have not found humanity in a human being, keep digging. It's there. Usually. You don't know my heart, you see. I don't know my own heart. One who could fully know a person could fully judge them. They could fully know when that person has ceased to have humanity in the human and has descended so far into evil that it's no longer they who live but the evil who lives within i must admit that i am afraid as i write this there is every indication that human differences will be perceived to be so great that hate will reign over all of us i must admit that I have seen friends and loved ones fall victim to hate so that they feel nothing else, are nothing else. I know that I'm nobody and that what I say will sway probably nobody, but just hear me as I whimper in the dark of powerlessness. I am afraid. And what's more, I'm afraid that my fear can turn to hate. If this happens to my nation, my culture, it will not be the first or the last to tear itself apart over what could have been reconciled. But it need not be so in your art. You need not make your story one of the irrational and inhuman. You need not eliminate pathos in your drama by painting your enemies in the most monstrous light. Is there such a thing as a fully malevolent force? Yes. Hate and the love of things that makes us hate everything else. Now, if you've taken the time to see Princess Mononoke, and I highly suggest you do, you may have noticed some inspiration that went from that to the Author's Dozen podcast. You have a cool person riding wolves. You have literal demons of hate that live inside people giant machines and how they overtake and smother mother nature you have nature being sometimes a malevolent and like hardcore fighting back force that's right author's dozen is nothing but a, a copy a shadow on the wall of miyazaki's work and i am truly ashamed that i took inspiration from a good artist and put it into my work Please forgive me. 
You see, I should never have polluted my mind with all these good works of art. I should have just been a complete original. I should have made my own language. I should have completely ignored the fact that something about these films touched people. I should have ignored, well, everything except for myself. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, with that, I want to update you on my progress. We have a problem. Well, I have a problem. You guys don't have a problem. Your life is completely free of problems, I'm sure. But uh, what happened with Godforsaken, the novel that I was writing, um, I finished it, and I don't like it. Like, not even a little bit. <laughs> Sure, I like things about it, but I think that the bad parts are so embarrassing uh, that I'm actually not going to release this one. Um, I'm not going to put it on the internet for free, is what I mean. Now that's to say, not yet, anyway. I still want to get it out there for you guys. Um, if you are following along and reading, I really appreciate that. Um, but I really... I really think that this is something that is best left in the dark for now. I'm not going to say why, except that there is one specific story aspect that I actually don't think belongs in the world, and the fact that the story hinges on that story aspect. My goal with this is to publish everything, warts and all, but what if something that I wrote adds a wart to your life and to mine and to the world? and not that I think I'm so important or that my work is actually being cared about by anybody, but I just don't want to do that. And so I am going to hold on to this for now. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to meditate on it and I'm going to try to improve it, but just alone for now. So thank you very much for following along. Thank you for caring and reading, but I'm going to move on. And Hopefully, I'll come back and release this like I did run Prometheus, and hopefully it'll be as well-received as that surprisingly ended up being. Tune in next week. I'm going to talk about how to put what we learned today into action, and I'm going to do it with a project about a sailing ship, about pirates, about exploration and adventure and oppression, a project that I currently and tentatively call the HMS Terminus. And again, as if you needed a reminder, check out my episode of Cinema Drip if you like. Please subscribe, share, and rate Authors Dozen anywhere you can. And uh, also, don't forget to have a wonderful day. I mean, you're listening to the Authors Dozen podcast, so you're already having a wonderful day. You know, you don't need to remember it at all, because it's happening, and has happened, and will continue. My podcast is what brings back.